This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom. Righteously American. Hello, friends. It's Monday. Which means we have a whole new week to consider and ponder, not just the goodness of the Lord, but also what kind of dramatic garbage are we going to be treated to uh, this week by the Democrats who are largely in disarray? I, I think it's safe to say that with Bernie Sanders out, you know, he's ill, um, totally wish the best for him, um, which I, I got to say, I wish for him to recover, obviously. But I also wish for him to recover in the way that a socialist would. That means he has to be subjected to substandard medical care or he has to pay for the quality medical care that he wants out of pocket because that's the way it is in socialist countries. You don't just happen in on some really good, um, you know, medical care. You don't. You actually have to pay for it if you want the good stuff. And for those of us who we want the government to have nothing to do with health care, um, I just feel like he's, he's one of those ones who he had better kind of learn from this. Can, can he learn from this? I don't think he can. Um, he, he, he obviously likes money. Otherwise, he would give the millions that he's worth away. But in any case, we wish him the best. And uh, today on the show, if you're wondering what we're going to talk about, we are going to delve into um, just a a couple of kind of housekeeping notes towards the end of the show. But for here, for here and and right here and right now, I'm seeing um, just a very strong possibility. And I hope it's wrong. This is one of those ones where I tell you what I think, you know, possibly could happen with a sincere hope that I'm wrong. So the thing that I hope I'm wrong about is that Hillary Clinton is preparing to throw her hat back in the, the ring and save the Democrats with the third, the third coming of Hillary. Now, you might be thinking to yourself that, excuse me, that's the craziest thing I've heard all day. I'm with you. It sounds crazy. But it's also a distinct possibility And I'm, I just, I have to be one of those ones who I'm a realist, but I also, you know, we can, we can believe in the power of prayer. And is it because I think she might beat Donald Trump? No, but it's because being stuck in a moment with a politician thinking they're a part of an elite and, and America needs them so much that they just, we can't do anything with her or or without her. We, we can't be without Hillary Clinton, the Clintons themselves. When we have people who think like that, it's a symptom of a larger issue, which is millions of Americans who pay attention to the Clintons, who continue to uplift them and treat them like royalty, when that's behavior for, for over the pond. And if, if you're, you know, so you might be like me. I'm a royal watcher, you know, like not a full-time, full-blown, but I do kind of keep up with what they're up to. 
And it's interesting because the Brits accept that they are, while they vote and they have elections and they have people who represent them, they still accept the fact that they have a ruling class over them and they enjoy it. They enjoy the ruling class kind of thing. They, they take pleasure in seeing all of the wealth and prosperity that this family, that, you know, the Tudors um, have had for, you know, over a thousand years, I think it is. They've just been in existence and, and lo- just lording over everyone else. And so it's modern day times. And while you could look at them as figureheads and say you enjoy them for that, there's a certain sense among the Brits because they don't have the right to self-defense. They don't have the right to own firearms. They don't have constitutional rights or limited government. So they really, their, their government can tell them what to think. Their government can tell them pretty much anything. And you might say the same thing about our government, but I don't, I don't see it that way because that's what uprisings are about. That's what the Tea Party movement's about. That's what the Civil Rights Movement was about. That's what the Civil War was about. Um, in modern day times, it's what you see when people are talking about the resistance to President Trump, the corresponding backlash against the resistance from conservatives, even the Never Trump movement. These are all examples of people saying, eh, you ain't ruling over me. I don't accept your leadership. I don't accept what you're about. It doesn't mean I agree with all of those movements. Like I don't I don't agree with the resistance because they're not just about stopping a political movement. They're about unseating a duly elected president, which is banana republic territory. That being said, there is this attitude here in this country that if we don't like something, we can change it. In Great Britain, they have a little of that, but not nearly to the same degree that we do. It's it's indicative of why we broke away from them. It's just a different spirit in the people here. So I I find it interesting that Hillary Clinton doesn't have that same spirit within herself. There's nothing within her that says, I'm done. Uh, um, I lost twice. The American people didn't pick me. I mean, just put it however you want. There's a there's a bit within her that that says. I'm here to stay. I'm here until I get what I want. I'm here until you give me what's owed to me, what's mine. Um, And I think that's wrong. So we're going to delve into uh, the Democrats, the, the, the good reason why they simply will not have an impeachment vote until they're forced to. Um, and obviously, second whistleblower has emerged. Remember this pattern. It was done before with Kavanaugh. It was done before Kavanaugh with Herman Cain. They've done this before. When one accuser isn't enough, when The American people don't believe the lies of the first accuser. They simply trot out a second accuser and a third and a fourth. You get the you get the the drift. They keep bringing people out to say what they want you to believe to convince you until you do. It doesn't matter if the people who they're bringing out have any credibility. None of that matters. They're going to keep bringing those people out. So we're going to talk about that. Um, The whole eating babies comment. Hold on a second. I hear that this dog is... Okay, he's chewing on a bone. So the dog is in the office today. And I don't know what he's doing in here, but he's in here hanging out and he's eating his bone. He's making a lot of noise and I can hear it. Okay, I hope you can't hear it. Anyway, so this woman, this crazy woman tells AOC that we need to start eating babies. And I referred to it last week on the show and um, it occurred to me that maybe you hadn't heard this woman say that. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Americans actually want to see Joe Biden probed about his dealings in the Ukraine, his familial dealings. So not just him, but Hunter Biden, the whole ball of wax. Americans want to see that. And that's a poll put out by Business Insider, which is notoriously anti-Trump. 
Um, but we're going to go over that. And then, of course, Hillary's 2020 comeback. Um, and we'll, we'll delve into that because Newsbusters has this really interesting piece. And I thought it was interesting the points that were made in there. So we'll go over that as well. I want to start off with, um, well, first of all, let me get my little thing of my bobber here going over here on this side. Okay. So Senator Graham says that the media should ask the Democrats, why aren't you having a vote to actually launch the impeachment inquiry? Here he is. First on CBS. Oh, no. We have another not transferred over audio situation. Um, okay. So we're going to skip that. Um, so the Newsbusters thing that I told you about Hillary Clinton running again in 2020. Uh, this is an article that was written a bit ago, but it's appropriate because she really is floating the idea. Now, why would she want to run again for her own personal reasons? Well, they're power hungry and they like to be the center of attention. Second of all, they have a thing going on. Um, and that is that they make a lot of money when they're running for political office. Not only are they treated special in airports and given opportunities to make outrageous sums for giving speeches and things like that, but it keeps people from thinking about their wrongdoings. Now, people have moved uh, on from that, but there's a sense with the Clintons that, you know, Ronald Reagan lost twice and then he went, ran and won again, ran and won, and so why can't we? Now, the people, some of the people who support the Clintons have been calling for this for just a long, long time. Um, Robert Costa back in 2018 was saying that Hillary Clinton would be back in 2020. He, he was basically assuring people of it, almost as if to say, you know, don't worry, she'll be back. Don't, never fear, she'll be back. Um, and he portrays Hillary Clinton at this point, like a year ago as secretly helping in selecting the 2018 midterm campaigns, which she very well might have done because people were looking to her as having some kind of star power to come and speak at their events for the midterms to try to gin up support, especially among suburban women, which the Democrats targeted heavily and will continue to target heavily because that's a group that I'm sorry, because I'm a suburban woman, easily swayed by emotion. There, I said it. Suburban women are not the ones who take extra time to say, okay, I've read two links saying that Donald Trump is evil and a racist and hates women. Let me go the extra mile and, and research some more things. They just get on Facebook and start arguing with people who disagree with them about how Donald Trump is a racist and misogynist. They don't like the rhetoric that he uses because we're all supposed to be polite and treat each other with respect, which I totally agree with. But these are not cocktail parties or mom's play dates. This is the president of the United States dealing with people who hate him and would rather see him deposed, removed from office, you know, kicked out in a coup or imprisoned or even dead. That these are the things that you see online social media said about President Trump. And I'm aware that the same things were said about President Obama. I think that fringe element of American society where people want to see someone dead rather than see them do something they don't like, again, indicative of societal degradation. So, you know, it it's a lot of kind of discreet discussions among power brokers and people that have a little bit of sway in party politics. But it's also a lot of her own kind of refusing to go quietly away and be with her grandkids. Like, for instance, 
There's all of the appearances that she's made. Even after it was clear that some in the party were doing hit jobs on them. Remember, there's there's a, been a few like uh, op-eds and pieces that have been written about the Clintons that were very, very unfavorable towards them. More so towards Bill, but also towards Hillary for her, you know, botched running of her campaign, uh, refusal to, you know, do the campaigning in certain states. And so right now, um, you know, she's... Of course, 72. So she's right in the same age range as everybody else who's in the race. Or I should say the the movers and shakers, Sanders, Warren, uh, Biden, and of course, you know, Donald Trump. So she's really been executing a strategy that more than a dozen of her friends and advisors who are familiar with her plans say is an attempt by her to leverage star power that she retains in some Democratic circles on behalf of select candidates while remaining sufficiently below the radar to avoid becoming a useful target for Republicans who are seeking to rile up the base. So basically fly low, um, possibly get an opportunity to make an impact, touch voters, but don't be so prominent that the Republicans make her a target. So it makes sense that not only is Joe Biden the front runner because in the polls, he's the most moderate and, and Democrats like him, but that he would be the one to receive all of the flack from President Trump so that Hillary Clinton could emerge to, quote unquote, save things. So this isn't unheard of. So why am I bringing you this depressing news? Because I, I I personally find it. I'm just I'm in my mind. I'm screaming. No, um, you know, I'm I'm whatever you think it is that you do when you when you're faced with like just something that you just don't think is possible or you don't want to be possible. And that is this Clinton campaign uh, redo. Now, President Trump mentioned her quite a bit last year and kind of put the kibosh on it. He kind of made it clear that, hey, I'm not I'm 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 ready for you. I'd love for you to run. And he mocked her and, and, you know, showed a lot of contempt towards her possible candidacy. And some of the people who are in the know have vigorously said on cable news, hey, she's not running. This isn't about Hillary Clinton. So stop the madness. But. There's a, a super PAC called Onward Together, which she created in 2017, which directs resources to groups aimed at boosting Democratic candidates, Democratic turnout. And the website doesn't feature her picture. It lists one of its quote, one of her quotes, which is resist, insist, persist, enlist, and invites visitors to get involved in upstart groups, which she supports, such as Indivisible and Run for Something. But... Federal election filings show that Clinton's Hillary for America political camp committee transferred 800,000 in May of 2018 to Onward Together. So it's been called an incubator, which she's feeding with her old campaign cash. Does it sound like something might be happening to you? I think so. All right. We'll be back with more after this. Stay there. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. All 
Welcome. Welcome back to the program. Stacey Washington. Okay, so quick, um, I don't know what we'd call this, live read, ad, housekeeping type stuff. We have transferred over to or switched over to no commercials on the podcast. So no PSA. So if you're thinking of sharing the show, maybe you're a live stream watcher. I totally appreciate that. I love the people who populate the live stream every day. But let's say you were, you've missed the show and you're wanting to watch it or listen to it on your phone or your tablet or your iPad. Well, you can definitely do that and you're going to be able to do it without commercials. So the show ends up being uh, 47 minutes, I think, 47 minutes long. Um, and it just runs straight through. It's, you hear me saying, you know, we'll be right back or welcome back, but you're getting the show without any of the PSAs. And we are still working on updating the PSAs, the uh, AARP one that I just heard. It's still there. We're going to we're gonna get that one deleted, so we're not promoting the AARP. We, we know that they're uh, anti-conservative. They're very liberal. They just don't have any love for uh, Americans who are of age who are also conservatives. Um, and they're very political. So we, we will delete that one out. Just give us, give us a little bit more time working on it. Um, and then, so no commercials on the podcast from here on out. Um, unless we get an advertiser and we start doing some live reads and that would just be less than 30 seconds and I would be talking about that advertiser, but no, no actually commercials going on there. And then second of all, if you like the shirt that's on the, uh, live stream, it's the exact image that we have as our logo, which is over my left shoulder, that shirt and sweatshirts and mugs all available at Teespring. So what I'm going to do is post this link for Teespring in the, uh, in all of the live streams. And also I'll put it in the actual podcast for the show. Now here's why I'm telling you about it. Well, because we're revamping the website. Finally, I know you're thinking, what didn't you say? Yeah, I did. And I tried, I had a guy who was working on it and then he just quit working on it and he would sporadically reach out to me and say, I might be able to work on it. And so it never happened. Um, and so we're raising money for that. And if this, but instead of just saying, hey, can you send me a donation? I'd love it if you would get something that you actually want, like a T-shirt, a mug. Um, we have a hoodie. We have a phone case. We have a sleeveless tee, so something you could work out in. Um, we have the Android version of the phone case. And then, of course, the short sleeve tee like I'm wearing. And they're all with the Stacy on the Right Show logo. We have a women's tee. Uh, a men's tea, and then a really cute mug. And it's like, it's totally cool, you guys. So when you buy these things, there's a teensy bit of, you know, profit built in that I can use to fund the website. And you also get some st- cool Stacy on the Right Show swag. Um, so the link for that, I just copied it here. I'm going to copy it, place it in the live streams, check it out. If you feel like you're wanting some swag and you want to support the redo of the website, so totally appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Now, last but not least, we will be making an announcement this week about a partnership that's coming up. It's just on the horizon. It has to do with the website redesign as well, but a partnership for the program that I hope is going to be very fruitful for us and help us to expand and get our message out to a much wider audience with an organization that I've already done some work with before. And this to me is it's, it's, it's some answered prayer. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's cause hopefully we'll be making a little bit of money. Um, obviously through revenue, through ads, but they will not be 
right into the show. They'll just be available where you can watch it. So there'll be some changes made, and I will keep you up to date on everything. Um, But for now, don't forget to head over to Teespring. And if you want to, purchase something, or you can just go to PayPal, paypal.me slash Stacey on the right. And that's an easy way to contribute to the show. Um, And thank you so much to all of our Patreon subscribers. We really love you. Thank you so much for sticking with me and for being faithful in that way. Uh, So let's now talk about, um, you know, this impeachment fury and the actual um, poll that was done by Investors Business Daily. So it's it wasn't uh, Business Insider. It was Investors Business Daily who did the poll. And it says that Americans actually back the Trump impeachment inquiry and the Biden poll or Biden probe. So IBD, Investors Business Daily and TIP got together to do this poll. They found that the Ukraine scandal has yet to hurt President Trump's approval rating or 2020 election prospects. Now, that's why you see the second whistleblower coming forward. They have I I would say they probably have a six pack of whistleblowers waiting in the wings to come forward if need be. That's the first thing. So we know this because that's what they did to Kavanaugh. Second of all, the poll shows that Trump cut Biden's advantage in a head-to-head matchup by nearly in half compared to the September poll. Uh, A solid majority favors a probe of Biden and his son. So people are looking at what's happened here and they're saying, well, you know, how do you know the trash needs taken out? Well, if you're not standing right next to it and you don't see it overflowing, if, if it's not full... You can also tell if the trash needs taking out because it stinks. And you say to yourself, I smell something. You run over to the trash can. You're like, ew. You gather, you know, gather up the little drawstrings, tie it up tight and get it out to the trash hutch or trash can or whatever you have going on outside so it can get up out of your house. Americans have been informed that there's something stinky going on with the Bidens. Pay for play, influence peddling, uh, the selling of influence. What, what is your favorite way of describing it? Whatever that is, that is what's going on here. And Americans are not willing to simply say, hey, let's tar and feather him. You're guilty. So what they're doing is they're saying, um, yeah, why not investigate it? I mean, I just I think that's one of the most interesting thing about, things about Americans is um, if you get away from the hard left. And I know I'm considered a part of the hard right, but, you know, I'm going to talk about leftists. So if you get away from the hard left which is about 22% of Democrats, and you get out amongst the regular folk, whether you're at a sports bar sitting across the table from them, whether, you know, so any anywhere but the comment section or Facebook or Twitter, and you say, um, it seems like Joe Biden's son got paid $83,000 a month for doing a job in a country where he didn't even speak the language. He doesn't speak Ukrainian. He doesn't speak German. He doesn't speak Russian. In other words, he doesn't speak a language where he could like maybe even make out what they were saying. Um, you might say, well, all the Ukrainians speak English. Uh, I don't think that's true, but maybe it's true. So let's just get away from that then. Let's, I'll give you that point. You're still at the sports bar. You're still, you know, they've maybe got the loaded nachos. You've got the um, goat cheese and red meat sauce with a little, you know, dipping chips. And, you know, I've got the unsweet and iced tea. Maybe you have um, an Arnold Palmer. So we're, we're just still snacking and talking. And you say... I don't think we should deflect away from President Trump. And I, I say, well, I'm willing to um, take a look further into, even though the transcript shows no wrongdoing, if the Democrats have something else as in the way of proof, 
that would point to some wrongdoing on the part of the president outside of the phone call. I'm willing to, you know, hear more about that. What about you? Are you willing to hear more about the president's son making 83 grand a month and the fact that the president threatened them to, after he did that work and made that money, 650 some odd thousand a year, um, for sitting on a board of a fossil fuel energy company, not even green energy, whole other conversation, but are you willing to um, see an investigation launched into that because it sounds like influence peddling? And I think if it was a Republican, you might be interested. And the person on the other side of the table with the loaded nachos and the honor Palmer, who is a moderate Democrat, regular American person, just say that. Nine times out of 10, they're going to say, yeah, you know, what would it hurt to investigate to see if Hunter Biden was actually influence peddling or if he received undue benefits because Joe Biden was the vice president? And, and let's take it a step further. Joe Biden's own words. He said with his own mouth that he gave the Ukrainians an ultimatum. Your one billion in assistance from the United States is on hold until you get rid of this prosecutor who's looking into my son. And then when the second prosecutor, so another guy that they got, they did what they were told. They got rid of the first prosecutor. The second guy comes in. He starts investigating as well. He smells a rat. He says, I'd like to come to the United States. I'm applying for a visa to come to the U.S. to speak to the Department of Justice and FBI about what I found. My findings about uh, Joe Biden, uh, not Joe Biden, my findings about Hunter Biden. And President Obama not only ordered that the visa be denied, um, but they were wanting him to be fired, too. So most Americans, whether you're sitting at the, you know, the lobby where of the car dealership, wherever you bought your car or, or maybe you're at the Jiffy Lube. You've got your cup of, you know, the instant coffee they serve at Jiffy Lube to all the people who are waiting. The story comes up on the TV and you just make that point. I, I make that point. The other person makes their point about the president. I say, yeah, I mean, I'm never I'm never going to shy away from the president being very transparent, which he was when he put the, the transcript out. And if there's anything new that's to be learned, I'm, I'm not against learning that. I want to know. Um, do you want to know what happened with Joe Biden? A lot of people who consider themselves to be Democrats would be open to that. And that's what this poll shows. And so, you know, I'm not saying that we know for certain that Hunter Biden is guilty of influence peddling. But, geez, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and leaves behind duck droppings, is it not a duck? So this poll says the Ukraine scandal um, has risen to a crescendo and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has announced an impeachment inquiry on September 24th. No vote, but she's announced it. Um, the president released a transcript and people who were asked say that 50% see President Trump's actions are rising to the level of an impeachable offense. 46% don't. Now, I can tell you why 50% see that because a lot of those people listen to CNN all day. They have the CNN app. They're constantly reading the stories. And CNN is nothing but a mouthpiece for the Democrats, what they want to happen, not the truth. A lot of Americans saw that clip of Adam Schiff, what he called a parody, where he out and out lied about what happened on that phone call. And they think that's what happened because Adam Schiff is heading up one of the most powerful committees in Congress. Now, 46% say of independence, 46% of independents say that 
the offense by President Trump with a phone call is impeachable. 47% say it's not. So we're right down the middle here. Even with their complete control of the media outside of Fox News, the Democrats still can't broach. They can't, they can't surpass that kind of 47%-ish. I mean, isn't that fascinating that they, even with all that power, Americans are still very skeptical. So a wider majority, um, when asked, supported a House decision to open a Trump impeachment inquiry. Independents back the move 53 to 45%, which is why I always say when someone tells me they're an independent, I think to myself, oh, so you're a Democrat. You just don't like to admit it. I know there are genuine independents out there, but most of them, when I talk, when I talk to a person, they say they're independent. Then they start spouting off MSNBC or CNN talking points. They have not really thought things through. They're only moderate when it comes to like they're they're willing to be friends with people who aren't Democrats. They're willing to have discussions with people who aren't Democrats. They don't call themselves resistors, quote unquote, but they still have bought, eaten, accepted, swallowed, whole, digested the entirety of the Democratic narrative as put out to them through the mouthpieces over at the talking snake media, to borrow a term from a friend at the old place. So Trump's job approval rating actually got a bump. Despite the sudden eruption of what looks like a scandal, um, Trump's job approval actually rose during the month, hitting a seven-month low of 39% in September's IBD tip poll. Trump's job approval rating right now has climbed to 43%. Disapproval of the job that he's doing dipped from 54 to 54 from 55 so one point overall approval of trump firmed up amid slightly higher approval of his handling of the economy which i can tell you multiple tens of millions of americans don't even know that the economy is rip roaring right now they heard bill maher say we need a recession they heard someone else say a recession was coming and they stuck with that they do not know that there's 50 year low in unemployment for americans they have no idea And why would they know? Why would CNN tell them that? So uh, a steady 39% disapproved of his handling of the economy. I don't know who these people are. Um, They must be welfare recipients because they they get the same check no matter how good or bad the economy is. Um, So they say that Biden still leads Trump 51 to 44%, which accounts for the 9% oversampling of Democrats that they regularly do in these polls. President Trump has an over 75% chance of winning the election next year because he is the incumbent. That's the built-in, baked-into-the-cake advantage he has because he's the incumbent, which is why you see the Democrats working as hard as they can, as hard as they can, as hard as they can, to try to create something that can shave off that momentum like an economy that's on the downturn, a scandal with a foreign country. An impeachment inquiry. I wouldn't be surprised if they've got some more, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a proper name, former prostitutes out in the wings to say that they had relations or were groped or what have you with by the president. I mean, what else have they got? All they can think about, the thing that they think about on the way to bed, on the way back from bed, the way that they, the thing that is just obsessing, they're obsessing over it is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and who will replace her? If President Trump gets to choose, and it's an Amy Coney Barrett who is young and Catholic and pro-life, and really, she's nice, you know what I mean? That's not an image of conservative women they want. 
They don't want a competent attorney and professor who also loves to crank out the babies to the tune of eight kids, who also leads a life of submission to her husband, even though she's powerful and has a cool job. She really impacts the lives of people based on her judicial experience. Liberals don't want her on there. They want to keep bowing down to RBG. That time's coming to a close. When we get back, we have more. Stay there. Back to Stacy on the right. Hey, welcome back to the show. Don't forget to check out the uh, teespring.com. Um, it's actually called Stacy in the Warehouse, <laughs> the little store that I have there at Teespring. Um, so you can type in Stacy in the Warehouse and it will come up for you if you go to teespring.com. Um, I also just put it in the, um, what is it called? The, the, so the tweet here on uh, Twitter is for the Periscope live stream, which by the way, um, I would actually be on, um, I would be on Facebook right now, but it's not, the Facebook live stream would not start today. It just wouldn't start. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is behind it, but it wouldn't begin. So I, that's, if you're watching on YouTube or some other live stream, cool, glad, glad that you're there. Thank you uh, for doing that. So let's let's keep working through here. Um, I've been kind of I, I don't know I, I'm looking at the poll numbers and seeing how the president is doing well in spite of the constant drumbeat against him from the media. It tells me first of all prayer works, um, but there's a lot of different moving parts to this election, and the Democrats are actually putting forward a an attack on the president that comes. It's multifaceted. They're not just saying let's tank the economy or let's impeach him. They're like, what, what can we throw at this guy? Throw it all there. You know how on the sci-fi movies they'll say, um, you know, give him everything we've got. And then they'll, you know, the ship will release all of its munitions, every kind that it has. And then they're like, well, we have no, you know, we don't have anything left and we're losing life support. That's where they want the president to be completely out of ammo and on life support. But meanwhile, that doesn't seem to be what's happening. Um, now, of course, I, I know you probably saw the story about the president losing the New York court fight to keep his tax return secret after he bested the people in California who said he couldn't come onto the ballot there for 2020 if he didn't share his tax returns. Well, they're not like that. It's fine. He, he's going to be on there. He, he beat that. They're saying they're going to appeal, though. So that that fight's not going away. But the president did, however, win a uh, delay in the New York court fight that has ordered him to produce his tax returns. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit on Monday granted President Trump a last-minute reprieve in his effort to prevent the New York prosecutors from attaining, obtaining his tax records. So the stay um, allows Mazars USA, the president's tax preparer, to not turn over his tax returns by 1 p.m. today. So, you know, that deadline already passed. He didn't have to do it. And I'm really glad to see it. Um, 
Now, according to um, the Manhattan federal judge, the president asserts an extraordinary claim in the dispute now before this court. This court cannot endorse such a categorical and, limit, categorical and limitless assertion of presidential immunity from the judicial process. Um, in response to Trump asserting that not only he, but also his family, businesses, and associates were immune from producing documents, Marrero ruled that presidents, their families, and businesses were not above the law. He said that the president's argument here was repugnant to the nation's governmental structure and constitutional values. Um, so the president tweeted out in response on Twitter saying, the radical left Democrats have failed on all fronts, so now they are pushing local New York City and state Democrat prosecutors to go get President Trump. A thing like this has never happened to any president before, not even close. Now, I, I agree. This is unprecedented. And if the Democrats want to be taken seriously, they have to have something tangible with which to attack the president. And if they're not going to have anything tangible, then they should move on to some of their other myriad attacks that they're, they're leveling against him. I mean, it's really, it's, it's unbelievable that this is where they are. Um, so the, the other story that I saw that I thought was pretty, you know, former military, me, my husband, my dad, my granddad, my great granddad. Um, I thought it was interesting that the president has pulled troops out of Northeast Syria ahead of an invasion that has been telegraphed by Turkey. Turkey plans to invade Syria. Now, I've already seen that famous people have uh, announced that any Republican who supports the president's pullout is feckless, a coward, yada, yada, yada. And my response to that is, really, warmongers, it's cowardice to say this isn't our fight. Let somebody else handle it. How many more dead Americans do we need, Meghan McCain? I mean, I'm sorry, because you could easily get yourself ready and join the National Guard and go for your rotation. Because the, 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 so the National Guard um, has really, they have been so stepped up that a lot of people who serve in the National Guard, it's part-time. They're complaining because they're on so many deployments that they can't do their regular day jobs. They can't actually progress in their regular career paths because they're supposed to be weekend warriors, but instead they're gone for months and months and months on these deployments to the Middle East. So we're not only using our wartime, our, our wartime peacetime military force, because it's a peacetime, but because no declaration of war by Congress, but presidents keep reauthorizing these outside of congressional action. It's, it's the Congress who declares war, not the, not the executive and, and, and the president. Yet here we are with troops actually fighting and getting killed all over the globe, but specifically in the Middle East. So the president has said when he was running that if he could have any impact on that, he would bring some of our people home. And, you know, I know it's something that liberals don't really understand because they don't serve at the same rate that the rest of us do. But it's exhausting constantly having our servicemen and women abroad fighting for goodness knows what. Yes, they're supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I memorized that 20 some odd years ago, and it still rings true in my heart. But my goodness, can, can I just get a not today on any, any just, you know, I would love it if I could ask Meghan McCain, is there any foreign entanglement that we should just say, not this one's not for us, we'll pass. Is there one? Is there a place on this planet where there is currently some kind of unrest or peacekeeping required, 
where you don't see an appropriate place for an American troop, soldier, you know, sailor, what have you. And that's the same question I have for everybody else who is currently beating their little thin, flat, unmuscular chests at the prospect of pulling some troops back. At, you know, and some of them, their chests aren't thin and unmuscular. They have served. They have muscular chests. They, you know, so maybe they could beat me in arm wrestling. I don't know. I'm not that strong. I'm just saying. Um, I know not every person who wants us to continue these entanglements is someone who hasn't served. But I just would love to see some of these people who are so anxious to see us remain entangled or become re-entangled or even get deeper in on an active wartime footing. That means live munitions, hot ammo, planes getting lit up, you know, locked onto, men and women getting blown up, losing their arms and legs on the ground from, you know, these these buried munitions, hand-to-hand combat, sniper action. These are our men and women. They're trained. They're ready. They're uptight. They're not complaining about this, but how many more entanglements do they need to be involved in? I mean, please just tell me how many. Do you have a number? Have you thought it through? Have you looked across the globe on one of those cool maps they have online that shows you where we have troops stationed every continent? And have you looked and said, you know, I don't know why we're still here. That uh, congressional, non-congressional declaration. So, you know, that presidential declaration that we would just send some troops in for a mission. Oh, that was 26 years ago. That was 16 years ago. This was 10 years. Is there any one of them that that you'd be willing to let go? And I'm not being facetious and I'm trying not to be smart. Like, you know, smart alecky. But if you could just give us an idea of when it is that our troops could be allowed to come home and, you know, declare mission accomplished and uh, do something else, you know, peacetime footing, I, we would appreciate it. We would be so appreciative. We would, we, we, would, we, would, we would respectfully request that you tell the rest of us, those of us who served, those of us who have family members over in the sand pit, those of us whose family members have just come back with the PTSD and whatnot, maybe you could just tell the hundreds of thousands of homeless military veterans who uh, they're not being served, their needs are not being met. Um, maybe you could reach out and just talk a little bit about, um, you know, just when you think we might be able to, to draw back a, a, just a little bit, maybe just one, one, one group of troops, one battalion, one squadron of air, airmen, anything. Can we bring maybe 18 or 20 planes home? Can we, can we do anything? I'm just so sick of these people acting like these are all our fights. Obviously, we have to be in a few places. The president has said through his research and advice from others, others, others who are experts who actually have access to intel and information and data and and analysis. They have, uh, you know, battalion commanders and they have full bird colonels reporting to them. And they have told the president that we can pull out of Syria. Uh, we could, we can do that. We have bested ISIS. We have destroyed their so-called wannabe caliphate and it's okay for us to pull out. And I'm sorry if you're listening and you're like, wow, she's really hammering this into the ground. I'm not, I haven't even begun to hammer it into the ground. When you think about our men and women getting blown up for these endless, pointless, unwinnable Middle Eastern entanglements. 
until you've spent time with veterans who've lost their limbs, until you've sat down with these moms who don't have husbands anymore because they lost them overseas in the Middle East and we still don't know what for, until you've done that or maybe actually gotten within the weight range, passed the physical fitness test, the eye test and every other test, can't have any asthma, can't have IBD, just name it, you can't have it. I think you can't even have psoriasis and join the military. Then you've actually gone into the service, you sworn that oath, headed off to uh, San Antonio, Texas for the the Air Force uh, pukes. You're out there for six weeks getting busted on. You've had your head shaven if you're a man. You spent the six weeks there and then you went to tech school and actually got yourself an education in doing something, a wartime and peacetime job. And then you've served just, just one term. Just go serve one tour of duty. And then come talk to me about how we need to be everywhere on the globe. I'll be willing to listen to you then. But if you're annoyed by what I'm saying because you think we should still be over there and you haven't served, even if you have, just sit down. I'm so sick of this warmongering and this attitude that we always have to be everywhere. And I'm speaking from a position of someone who my, my motto when I was in my 20s was turn it to a sheet of glass, just turn it to a sheet of glass and move on. Now, I was younger then. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was younger. I was on active duty in the Air Force. Hadn't had any kids. Wasn't married. That was my attitude back then. You live. You learn. You grow older. You get a bit wiser. The Lord brings you along. This is not our fight. And I tend to agree with the president more than I agree with other people who write about this stuff for a living or other people who make money off this stuff for a living you know, and I'm all about capitalism, and I know that wartime um, supply is just, it's a huge part of our economy. We are a nation that makes weapons of war, and we ship them all over the globe. And the more places we're entangled, the more of that kind of stuff we need to create and sell. And I get it. But I also think there's a human aspect to it that's getting forgotten here. And even for those who served and are still on that wartime, we just still need to be there. We can't leave the Kurds. Really? And no offense to the Kurds. I, I, I appreciate what they do. I appreciate their help to us. But really? We can't pull out anywhere. That's my encouragement to you today is to ask anybody you hear lamenting President Trump making the decision to pull out. Are you saying that because you hate President Trump and you have TDS? Are you saying this because you truly believe we need to have an actual separate theater of war that our troops are operating in? We need to add one more. I know they're already there, but we're saying hot war now. Not not one where they're just doing mission to eliminate someone, but actual hot war where Turkey's invading Syria. And so that's going to be a hot war and you want to be involved in that. Tell me why. Can you give me your justifications for that? Ask them. I'm tired of people just getting to hold an opinion without ever having to justify it. The justification for pulling out, it's every arm lost, every leg lost, every person who's suffering from PSD, every homeless veteran, every person who's already been over there and paid their debt and they're back and they're not being taken care of. Those are the hundreds of thousands of reasons why we should pull out and President Trump is right. 